lady. We're back. Another edition, Judge Buds, episode 56. There it is. Uh, thank you for tuning in, as always. Your host, Bogzy, and my buddy, Hoppy. Uh, fresh off some news. Some trade things kind of related to Minnesota. And we'll talk about it. But before we do that, Hoppy, how are you? How you doing? Thank you for joining me again. Always a pleasure to join. We're good. We just survived the quote-unquote blizzard that everyone's freaking out about out here. Oh, yeah. So, wait. What was going on? I saw a bunch of things. People like going nuts, and I went outside here, and I was like, it is 55 degrees. Well, that definitely wasn't the case for us, but it was very overblown. They're like, oh, yeah, like Tuesday night through Thursday, it's going to snow all goddamn day. People are shutting down schools. People are closing their like offices for work. Like, I it didn't make any sense to me. I don't know, but yeah, we landed with like maybe a foot of snow, give or take. But yeah. what sucked, it, like, that is what it is. But then having to fucking shovel today, the snow because like it's like we've already got the towers built up on either side of the driveway, right? And with yeah. all the fucking wind, the snow just all gets pushed in there and stays. So even though we only got like a foot of snow. I had to shovel out of like two, two and a half feet of snow. Oh, so Jesus that was a bitch. <laughs> but outside of that, we survived. Yeah, you're still here. Yeah. You know, you're you're sitting here. You're doing the number one podcast in the world. Uh, um, it is the number one Minnesota Wild focused prospect podcast, period. I don't think you can convince me otherwise. One of one. Another one. Yeah. One of one. You know, um, interesting. It snowed here. So today, so I have snow now, which are you okay? Very weird winter. I have been able to go well, other than the one time, uh, I just couldn't sleep. So I decided to go uh, for a little stroll. And then I was walking along ice that it was so not okay to be walking on. But I was like, I don't really care. Uh, I haven't been able to like go play pond hockey, nothing. Cause it's like, here it'll be freezing like two degrees, negative six, negative nine for like four days. And then I wake up and it's like, it is 62 in February. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So um, interesting. Well, I'm glad you're alive. Glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> so I'm watching Minnesota Columbus right now. You're watching Pittsburgh Edmonton, correct? Uh, that's right. And McDavid scored from behind the fucking goal line. He did McDavid things. <laughs> Not Danny Heatley tweeted to call him Conrad McMonster, which every time he comes up with a new name, dude, I fucking lose it. Dude, it's so That's funny. one of the better ones, though, for sure. <laughs> Conrad McMonster. It's so good. Oh, anyways, um, Flurry almost just, I don't even know. It just happened. I just tweeted the video. Good Branson cleared the puck from literally touching the wall, bounced off the wall, went through flurry. And then he had to make a save on foodie who had to open that. That was something else. But um, let's just that. Uh, let's get right into it. Cause we said we'd start about an hour ago and then we were just bullshitting for an hour. So um, I think to start off, dude, we got to talk about the most recent trade because it involves me on several fronts. Uh, Minnesota Wild playing broker again, and we'll talk about the other one too because that happened since the last time we spoke. Uh, 
Bruins add Orlov and Hathaway for a bunch of picks and Smith, Craig Smith. And the Minnesota Wild play broker again. They uh, acquire, what was it, a fifth? Fourth? Uh, fifth this year, yeah. Fifth this year. Um, retain on Orlov, and they also give up Andre Svetlakov, who if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know I actually really like Svetlakov and said he would never come over. Now I wonder if this changes things because he's like, oh, my God, wait, Ovechkin? Maybe he thinks he's going to go like take Backstrom's spot in the top line pp and whatever um so what you're saying is Ovi's way more enticing than kaprizov yeah you know that's what it is um i do wonder though if this enticed him to come over i mean this is the last year's deal so the reason i really well i mentioned it obviously because minnesota i literally were part of this trade but uh this is the last year they had svetlakov's rights he is 27 years old clearly was not planning on coming to play in Minnesota. So, I mean, people can talk about, oh, my God, they're just playing broker now. They've done it twice. They're not doing anything. They're giving up all their cap space, blah, 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 blah. Um, I kind of also look at it, though, like they get something for a player that they drafted seven years ago who they were never going to get the rights to. He's a good player. I actually, again, I think his game really translates very well. It's like a bottom six role with some scoring touch in the NHL. And by the way, don't tell Mike Russo, but he's also – very good on faceoffs. He's probably top five in the KHL faceoffs. He's like at sixty-two percent the last couple of years. Don't tell Russo; he'll he'll have a fit. Um, but they get something for him. So, I mean, if you want to find a positive there, again, they're they're just giving Judd Brackett more picks. Uh, I know it's obviously what's it been so far, a fourth and a fifth. But um, you know, the fact that you can get Svetlakov or get something for Svetlakov, I don't think is like a complete wash. So. Um, and they still have space if they want to do something. They're not taking themselves, they're not taking on so much cap space at this point that they're completely taking themselves out just because at this point, I think right now, like I said before, they've got 8.7 they can add right now. They're projected to have like over 10 and a half or something like that, the deadline still. So if they want to make a move, they can. Um, and again, all they've done is give up a two prospects with Josh Pillar too, who also is probably never going to play for Minnesota and hasn't played a game since October. Um, so they get something for guys that first of all, were unlikely to ever play here in Svetlakov's case, unlikely to ever play in the NHL. Um, and again, they don't take themselves out of, if they want to do something. They still have some room to do something. We'll see if they do, but, right. um, still so it's not like, a, it's like a complete, like, be like, oh, they're just throwing the towel. I'm like, well, no, they, they still can. They still have things they can do if they want to. Throwing the towel in by sending away. Josh Peller, nice. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is a. I saw something. Is like I'm tired of the wild being run by dumbasses. Like Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> people doesn't matter what they do. They could exchange like a sixth round pick for a seventh, and people be like, "Fire Billy, this guy sucks." What he doesn't even know anything about hockey. So the question, though, Z, I guess off of that, because like right there, we got two guys that were included in these, you know, broker deals that were on the last year of, you know, the wild having their rights, whether it's end of a contract or just, you know, expiring rights from drafting them. We got other guys that that's going to apply for. Like, do you see more of these like onesie twosie type trades? Not necessarily as a broker, but like, do you see more of these smaller, more insignificant deals happening? 
Um, I mean, I would imagine that they'll be tempted, like, um, and eventually here we can transition because we're going to talk about the college guys. But a guy like Marshall Warren, he's a good prospect. Minnesota Wild prospect pool on defense, especially, is loaded. Last year, I mean, also BC McBain last year. I still can't believe they got a second round pick for McBain, by the way. That's fucking crazy. But I get like from whatever. I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> it's unreal. Um, so I wonder if like you have guys like that, right? Or if, you know, they're going to make a move here. Same school. Okay. Nestoranko, who's going the fuck off right now, who we will talk about shortly. But. You know, I wonder if they look at other prospects like, eh, like even if things go well for them, it's unlikely that they're going to be here ever or like impact players here compared to what we have in our prospect pool. So I could see them like being, you know, parts of packages. But um, in terms of, like you said, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be them playing broker. I can't imagine that they do it again. They got one more spot for it. Got, I mean... So if it's Kane, <laughs> like you were saying before, like it could be... Do they want to play broker? It would be really funny if they just kept playing broker. Oh, well, that's <laughs> the last one they can do it on, unfortunately. But so, I mean, it, let's say it's Patty Kane, right? What's, what do you need to see? Like, does that become a three, a two? Like, what's realistic to expect if you're holding a good chunk of Patty Kane's contract for this year? Well, yeah. So it depends how much you're going to retain, right? And like, if people are expecting to get more than like a third, it's not happening. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna get a second round pick or anything like that. Like that's not happening. Uh, so usually, if you look at like just historically, the team that plays third party, usually it's like if they retain half, maybe they get a third. I can't remember what Detroit got a couple of years ago. For who did they? Was it was that Felino or was that? No. Who the fuck? That's going to drive me nuts now. Oh, my God. It's going to piss me off. Um, it was also Savard. I think it was Savard that they did it for. Um, I think they maybe retained half and got a third. Maybe. maybe. Well, you love it, though, right? Because, like, when people see Kane floating around and it's like, oh, like, we're going to get a lot to retain that. Like, right now, the asking price for him is a second. Like, what makes you think <laughs> yeah, that you're that's, that's the other part. Like, like what the <laughs> fuck not... are you talking about? Right. So, like, if people are expecting to get, like, if you're going to retain salary, you got to get more than a fourth or a fifth. And I'm like, what? They're not staying here. Like, they're already, like, swimming in dead cap next year. I'm like, yeah, neither of these fucking contracts will be on the books anyways. So, like, who yeah, cares? Yeah, if it's beyond this get literally year, that's anything. a different story. That's a different story. Right. Let's say they retain on, like, I don't know. It's only two or three years. Then, like you said, that's different. But like, that's uh, this has nothing to do with anything. Is our <laughs> like they still they can add? Let's say do nothing until deadline day. They can still add ten point four million right now. Um, nice. well, so all right, let's, let's that point becomes roster. The stroke off session here, Z. Let, let's talk about it. How much of a fucking unit are the Boston Bruins? Yeah, no, they're a problem. Um, so Craig Smith just didn't fit with Montgomery. He's a volume shooter guy, all volume. He's very fun. Great looking dude, by the way, fun dude. Good dude. Loves Boston. Cause he loves history. So he literally went on like a duck boat tour uh, last summer 
He was literally just like on a tour of the city, just like checking it out. Uh, so that I mean, sucks. Like, what better place for him to go though? Like, he's well, that was his whole thing. He's like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not even a, mad. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, but so obviously it sucks to lose Smith, but he wasn't playing well. He just was not fitting here in Montgomery's system. Montgomery's all shot quality, like high danger. Smith will literally shoot from where good Brant's almost just scored on flurry from happily. He was Cassidy's um, dream. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Cassidy. Yeah. Like you said, like so many games last year, the Bruins were like out shooting the other team by like 30. It would still lose by two just because like it was all volume, like all periphery stuff. But now they add this top four on D now is McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo and Orlov, which is insanity. So now you've got guys like Grizzlick, who's having an incredible year, even though when he's not playing with McAvoy, he slots into your bottom pair. Or who knows? Maybe he plays the fucking right side. And Carlos, now you're like shut down third pair guy. Um, you know, now you don't have to play Forbert as much, who actually, again, he's playing fine, at least defensively. But the biggest thing for me is they didn't give up this for Gabrikov. Because would have would Gavrikov be an upgrade over a guy like Forbert on the Bruins? Yeah, sure. Uh, is that upgrade worth a first, a third, a prospect, a player? No, no. Oh my God, no. Like, I don't dislike Gavrikov the player, but the price was insane, and they could have got first. Like, Bruins were supposedly like, all right, like first, all right. And then Columbus just kept wanting more and wouldn't take on salary or whatever. And then they get nothing. So Yarmo, man. meanwhile, Gavrikov's just scratched still. It's like, God damn it, dude. That's that's gotta suck. Trade related by the way. reasons. Trade related Bro, Shikrin, reasons. Shikrin must be going nuts. Yeah. Too. Like that should just be like, dude, bro, make the fucking deal. Dude, like, imagine if he doesn't get here. traded by the deadline. That would be he might oh my god shikrin might not get moved no dude he's dude and he'll go out there and he will just be killing people like he's not even gonna play oh, defense yeah, he's, gonna score anymore. Up, he's just yeah. gonna adapt to cronwall and just murder people he's gonna fucking hit the first game he's able to play it he could he's gonna hit the ice for warm-ups find the ref drop the gloves and just start speed bagging like he's gonna lose like he must have so much like Pent up energy is like I am losing my fucking mind. <laughs> that sucks, dude. Like, imagine just keep getting scratched for trade related reasons and it just doesn't happen. After he missed the first part of the season from injury, he's gonna be going nuts. Anyways, um, yeah. listen, this isn't a Bruins uh, podcast. Uh, I don't want to spend uh, all this time with the Bruins, but the, like well, now they also add they also add Hathaway, who is a major oh. upgrade on that bottom that bottom uh, or the fourth line, and yeah. he is literally born to be. He's from Maine, by the way. Uh, He's born to be a Bruin. He's the biggest asshole in the world. Half the team fucking hates him. So that'll be interesting. Um, that just means he's perfect. <laughs> it's too bad he wasn't traded like yesterday. And because apparently they played the credit card game last night when they went out to dinner, the Bruins did. And Marshawn lost. So he, uh, he said he lost a credit card game. So he uh, pulled up his cameo again and he opened his cameo because they must have had like this ridiculous bill. So he literally went to Instagram and was like, lost a credit card game, opening my cameo again, frowny face. <laughs> Which is so funny. By the way, Anyways. he's in his element again, too. He's just oh going after God. everyone. He, 
when he logs up. The last one was so funny too, because like people like, oh my god, he knows something about what Zegris said. It's like no, he was actually he does this every fucking time they're going to Toronto. All he he just gets he's like right before he goes he wants all the cameras so he just starts lighting people up on Twitter because he knows that's all he's gonna get asked about and then he's like I don't know just felt like it. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> carving people, tweeting at Steve Dangle like <laughs> like just going off just because he's you know he's just sitting there laughing his ass off but um. I mean, even the now. subtle ones, though, that aren't even that good, like, just so, it's so much different from him. Like, the guy that's like, oh, man, man, yeah, growing up dreaming of being an NHL player, I never considered that I might have to play in an all-star game that's in Edmonton. NHL players do have it a lot tougher than we realize. And then right away, the, the response from Marshand is, sorry you sucked. <laughs> well, then he, would, someone else said the same thing, and he just replied, wah, wah. <laughs> It's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> he's just like, oh, he's so good. But he told that person a couple of years ago, he's like, I have plenty of commas, pigeon. <laughs> talking to his bank account. <laughs> or he goes to the Instagram comments and goes, your Stanley Cup is you in your driveway. That was, that was a great one. <laughs> that might be the best one. But anyways, we can move on. This is not, this isn't a Bruins podcast. That but that's just a ridiculous addition. Ridiculous. Those two, both players. Him, him and Frederick are gonna absolutely. Cause well, bad. so um, they're gonna have a rotating cast on that fourth line of AJ Greer, Nick Foligno, Trent Frederick, Garnet Hathaway. Four of the biggest assholes in the league. Dude. Other than Foligno, is just like kind of, he's like a middleweight. He's he's asshole adjacent. Yeah, fair enough. But like you got Frederick, who's a prick. And loves to fight. AJ Greer loves to fight. Hathaway will fight. Loves to be an asshole. Nick Foligno does not mind being an asshole. Hits everything that moves. Likes to fight Wayne Simmons. So, I mean, like, like low key, a lot of people probably will tell me I'm a moron, which is par for the course. I probably deserve it. I wouldn't be mad if the Wild ponied up for Chikrin. I wouldn't. I mean, he's a solid player on a good deal. So it's on a good deal that literally expires right when we have the buyouts come off the books. You have the the assets to do it if you're willing to give up one or two of your primo defenseman prospects and give up this year's first. That might be enough to get it done. I mean, there aren't they asking for two firsts? Yeah, but if you give up. Okay, hypothetically, I'm not saying this is who you give up, but let's say you give up Lambos, who was a first, who's closer to being ready anyways and has a lot of promise. You give up this year's first, and you give up another guy like a Hunter and O'Rourke, and you can bring in Chikrin. Or maybe, fuck, maybe Kalen Addison's one of the guys. That would make me sad, but, like, for real, like, there's something that you can make work there with how deep the pool is and still, like, capitalizing on it, right? Because... The Wild are one of those weird teams. I, I feel like a lot of the Central is this way, man, where they're teams that aren't ready to contend, but they aren't willing to admit that they're not ready to contend. Like, they want to still be pushing the envelope, and they don't want to accept losing. And I think this is the perfect balance of both. You're bringing in a guy who's on a really, really friendly deal, and it gets you through the buyouts, and, hey, maybe after that you can keep him here. Like, I don't know. Or it's the gift that keeps on giving. If he's not going to come back, you ship him out at that deadline. I don't know. 
I just think it's super interesting if you're willing to give up the assets, which I think there's enough assets that it's something that would be okay to consider. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting too. Cause like, you know, you got Brodeen locked up and then, you know, that would put Middleton on a third pair. Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, Shikrin's not going to be on your fucking third pair. No. So, okay. Who's the top two pairs? What do you mean? Who's the top two pairs for the wild? Well, I said that would make Middleton. That would be your third. But why? Why does he have to move? Well, if you're looking at the left side, are you putting Brodeen or Shikrin uh, on the bottom pair? Yeah, I guess looking at the left side. Well, that's fine. No, yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. Like Middleton no, being on a third okay, pair. So, like, so, you also so. have options, too. Tell you what, Middleton um, Addison sounds real sexy to me for a third pairing. Have they have, – off the top of my head, how often have they done that? Have they tried that One, one or year? two games. One or two games. I don't know why they wouldn't try it. I think it's delightful. I, I think it's because Middleton's played so well with Spurgeon and you don't want to break it up. He, that's a thing, too, right? Like, Which I – yeah. Middleton plays so well with guys like Spurgeon. I mean, it was the reason yeah. he was playing with Carlson in San Jose, and that's what made him an NHL player. Not just the fact that he's – like, it's not like he's being carried either. Right. Like, he has a job that he does very well, and he moves. He plays very well with puck moving, right shot D, um, and he's a fucking asshole to play against. He's tough as shit. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, so it's interesting. Doesn't Again, like, that doesn't necessarily – it's not a bad thing if, like, Middleton's yeah. your third pair. Again, like you said, if he's, like – playing with a guy like Addison. It's interesting. Um, and I actually think the better like fit, reg- like ignore what's going on right now with Addison, which it's absolute fucking bullshit. But <laughs> hey, um, let's uh, say he kind of figures it out defensively. I think him and Brodeen are the perfect match. You've got Brodeen who's overly responsible defensively and you got Kalen Addison now free to just work. Like, yeah, again, he's got to at least know that he's playing defense, but it's just a different scenario when you're not playing with a fucking John Merrill, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, what do you want from Kalen Addison, right? Like, he's your only option to make that power play work. No, dude, point. it's it's such a good power play that you can throw anyone there and it'll yeah. be good. He literally by himself transformed it because, like, they were so fucking bad. The one thing that they were scoring, the one way they were scoring was the power play as he's quarterback a couple Which, games dude, ago. Right before the last right. year, look at that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like, again, we've said that, I think we talked about this last time. I don't have a problem with like a scratching of Kalen Addison because defensively he's just, I mean, absent. But like, now you had so much fucking time to do it. Like, <laughs> well, and, and it's the fact that there's three guys playing regularly that have been worse defensively. Right. Yeah, so at I, least like as bad like, or worse. He's not like learning and like making changes that Dino's telling him, which hey, I get. But like to come out and call him scared and then have him be like, I'm not fucking scared and then be butthurt about it and sit him extra games. Like, I think that's just fucking loser mentality. Yeah. And like, again, who knows? Don't what speak back there, like. Yeah, that's, we'll see. Uh, I mean, like, we don't know what happens, like the conversations that are had behind closed doors, whatever, but for sure. But like, okay, for real, if, if, if that was, if he uh, scratched an extra game or two because of his response, it's fucking hilarious. And it's hilarious and sad, but like for me, it's different if he's like, yeah, 
he's not responsible enough in his own end. That's a problem. And like Kalen's like, no, I've actually been great defensively. Like that's different than very different coward. No, I'm not a coward. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like what do you say? Like, you know what? Dean's got some this good points. I'm just going to work sucks. on being less of a coward. Uh, like at first that was off. bad. Then you, at first I was bad. Then you put it that way. <laughs> you know what? Like you catch him, you catch him right after he finds out that he's getting health bombed for God knows what reason. He sees the landscape there, and the the quote from Dean is that he's playing scared. Like, how the fuck do you expect a twenty one year old to react to that? I don't know. All right, we're moving off of Addison. Um, Other trade, we don't have to go into too much, but essentially, broker to send Ryan O'Reilly to the Toronto Maple Leafs, like you said, Josh Pillar. Gonzo doesn't mean anything because he wasn't re-signing here. Um, I don't know. Anything else you cared about in that exchange? Well, I mean, and I just want to say, like, I like Pillar, too. Like, um, now, this is a kid who drafted as an over – he should have been drafted top 120 in his draft year. I don't know why he didn't. He's a really good player. Uh, had a crazy – which they won't – they just call it like upper body, but he had a really big either injury or health scare last year to the point where uh, Cam Loops basically traded him to Saskatoon, where he's from, essentially for significantly less than he's worth so that he could be closer to his family. So, again, I don't know what the injury was last year. I don't know what happened, but eventually he came back and he's been he was a stud for Saskatoon. And this year he started off the season healthy and was ripping it up. They're like right around a point per game on a good Saskatoon team that's full of not like high end, high drafted players. And then he got hurt again in October. He hasn't played. So I don't know what the injury is there. It sounded like Rusev said something that he was actually even debating going back into the draft, which is interesting. <laughs> so you can do that. Um, but again, so you don't lose him for nothing. You do get, I mean, what was it? A 20, 25 fifth <laughs> whatever i mean like uh, draft capital draft capital fourth that's what i meant sorry it was 2025 fifth yeah um and again like what did they retain on uh o'reilly i think it's like 1.8 well and um, in real cash it's 74 grand because he's yeah, making a bill this year like um so again you get something for a guy that was never going to play here whether you know again that's a draft pick for you know, mid round two years from now, but you don't lose him for technically nothing. And again, like playing broker, like you're just giving, first of all, like we said, you're giving bracket things to play with. You're giving him something. And if there's one guy who I'm like, I would not count out any uh, picks, <laughs> whether it's next year, two years from now in the middle of the round. Um, if there's one guy in the NHL, I can pick like, Hey, you, you can have this probably Judd Brackett. Now, I don't think that was like the focal point of anything. It was like, all right, we'll, that, we'll get something for this. But again, my big thing is it doesn't take them out of doing anything. Like they still, if they do nothing until the deadline, at the deadline, they will have 10 and a half million in space. If they want to go do something, they can. So yeah. we'll see if they do because Calgary refuses to help themselves in this fucking it's like playoff push here. Colorado's a problem, by the way. They are yes, so bad. And yep. Landis Cog hasn't even played yet. They're yep. so 
so fucking bad. I still, I still think they need another center. I'm curious if, if they do anything. Like what or, centers are available right now? So here's a like you Taves know who is I'm, what Taves is done though. Yeah, he's done. Um, and I don't necessarily. I'm not saying that this would be the guy, but a center that's out there that really has like turned it around this year, last year, and he's under contract for a year if minnesota could make the salary work i don't i don't think it would be the worst idea in the world either and this could go for any team needing a center but adam henrique in fucking anaheim is i mean he's playing with zegris he's playing with like high-end elite players and he's like unbelievable like like he's a, he's a playoff guy too like he is a guy that's like he's nails in the playoffs so he's producing. Like, so I wonder if, like, a team that's looking for a cost-controlled center that nece- isn't necessarily looking to like ship them out or uh, you know sign them long term, but you have. I think he's making five eight right now. If they, if you want to add something, they retain half. Like he's playing with elite players and clearly is like kind of re- on a dog shit fucking Anaheim team. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, that team sucks. So mm-hmm. he's kind of like found himself again last couple of years. He did this last year too. Again, in Anaheim was fucking awful. So Adam Henrique, I think would be for any team that needs like on a, on a Stanley cup winning team, probably he's like a, a really solid three C depending on how your lineup looks. Yeah. But I think he would be, first of all, I don't think he's going to be that expensive. The only thing is he's on a deal for another year. If they retain half and he's on a really good fucking deal. Sure. Uh, and he's older. So whatever. Which Billy uh, again open that then? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's just interesting, and like, I look at him like, what could he do with Boldy? No, oh, sure. you know, like, um, so he's one that interests me too. Like, okay. again, I think it's five eight seven whatever. He's like one of those five point eight seven five million. But yeah, I don't think he's gonna cost the first round pick. I don't think he's gonna cost us more than like a second and a prospect maybe or whatever it interests me and again the if they retain half the salary is not crazy and you're adding a guy that can play with elite players and play really well plays a decently responsible 200 foot game like and he plays hard so yeah. it's interesting to me like that's one guy that i look at like who will actually i thought someone should have done it last year because like he was playing so fucking well, I'm like you could get a, this guy, if they retain salary, like you make you you could add a guy that can, in a pinch, play in your top six of the center, depending on what your roster looks like, play really well. He's been around, he's been in playoff pushes, like he's a solid player. So that's one that really I'm curious to see if someone actually does it. And I don't know why no fucking talks about it because like he's playing really fucking well. And like no one's should, paying like, smart, they should they should just keep adding assets too. I but think if so fucking shit. someone's willing to give a first round pick for a rent for renting fucking Gavrikov, I know it's center versus forward. Like then Henrik might be worth like fucking double, especially if they retain. So, gonna go backwards on something you said though, right? I don't care if we're getting picks for this year, a year from now, two years from now. You know, being that we are his buds, 
What do you think about Judd in general? Like, it, how long is he happy and content in the role that he's currently in? Like, is that just his forever job, or does he have higher aspirations? And like, how long before he wants to pursue those? So that's it's really interesting because, like, and I've heard people ask him this before. Um, I, I mean, I personally think if he's like, "Hey, I want to move up," Billy would be like, "Okay, AGM, done." But is, no it, is it all about title or is it about like well what he I don't know if you want so this this is a dude who loves to scout loves sure. to go on the road and watch hot like that's his life like I very which podcast was I was listening to an interview with him um oh it was Tori Mitchell what are they called oh, can't it's gonna drive me nuts elevate elevate hockey uh and they were like what are your uh, travel miles at and he's like, I got upgraded to like he's got his credit card, like it, like so he's on the road like over two hundred nights a year, and it's like he's like, I love it, like this is the like it's the best. They they needed to create a new status for him, so they like we don't know what to do, bro. Status. Um, he like literally just like <laughs> lives on the road, and he's got his rest. And like I think he's very content doing what he's doing. Sure, but if he wants his hands on more things, I honestly yeah. think Billy 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 would be like done. Yep. Dude, that's what we got to do when I come out there this summer. We're going to Judd's restaurant. It's sick. I did, I forgot. Like, um, I completely forgot that that was his. Like, because I've been there a million times. Yeah. But just like, I'll be honest, just, like, we go during the day and drink. Uh, like, I was there this 4th of July that weekend. Nice. It plays, it's really cool. It's in a really cool part of Cape Cod, too. But um, okay. I honestly think, like, at this point, and he was, and they asked him that, too, on that, on that podcast I was listening to. He was like, I don't know. I, I love my role. I think he just like loves going to rinks. It's just like watching. And this is technically his home out here. Okay. Um, so it's, ba it's basically title and pay bump and he's good. Well, I think the title. Do. Yeah. I think the title thing would be like, well, I want to have my hands on more. And again, I think bracket or uh Garen be like, yeah, done. Next question. Cause you've seen how Billy fucking like. Treats that sooner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, you want my job? I don't care. Um, like, but again, like you've seen how Billy feels about it. Like, Billy's like, you, you tell me who we're drafting. Like, there was the fucking, who are we taking? He was like, Ogre. He's like, cool. Is he gonna be the? Is he the best player there? Is he gonna be the best player? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, done. <laughs> he's like, walked up. He's like, how do I say it again? So like, he has all the trust in the world. And brought. He, that's why I like Billy too. He knows he's he hires people for a reason. So, right. so I, again, I think if Judd was like, hey, I want to still do this, but I want to do more, he'd be like, yeah done agm sure do whatever you want doesn't matter but again i think bracket his big thing is he loves to scout like yeah. loves it lives and dies by it so okay um, well then agreed uh i don't care if it's a 20 30 pick we're good <laughs> yeah give whatever he wants dude love it all right well shall we plow forward then talk uh this week, focusing a little bit more on the uh, college hockey players in the system. Um, I know for you, we're just going to kick it off right away with Nestorenko because, I mean, you only have good things to say. Um, to put it lightly, he's kicking right now. Uh, so BC, big transition year for them. They really fell off last year. Um, which will happen when you lose the caliber of players that they lost. And then they lost again. 
obviously this year. So, you know, expectations were right somewhere in the middle. Uh, new coach. So, you know, whatever. There's, there's a young team with Cutter Gauthier. And Cutter Gauthier has been a – this kid is fucking unbelievable. I hope – side note on BC, I hope Gauthier doesn't go play. I hope he doesn't sign this year because the incoming class at BC is – they're getting the entire top line from the NTD. They're going to play together again. Will Smith, Oliver Moore, and Ryan Leonard. Like, they're playing together. It sounds like the Gophers have that next year, too. They've got at least two guys that are going to be on the first line, and they're trying to see if they can squeak the third one. That'd be insane. Yeah, which is always cool. Like, I think that shit's so cool. Um, But but BC, so last year, they were, I mean, they were brutal. They went, like, a month and a half without winning, and then that was like, all right, this is the end then. Um, So this year, they actually started out there right around 500, playing decently well. Nesarenko, honestly, him and Warren both started slow. Uh, but the last, like, seven or eight games, Nesterenko has been an absolute dog. Like, hitting everything that moves, scoring outrageous highlight real goals. Like, the other, the other uh, couple weeks ago, the bean pot, they were down 3-1, I think, late. And he just picked the puck up at his own blue line. And, I mean, danced four dudes and then went cheese. Like, He's such an interesting prospect to me because, like, I don't know really what his ceiling actually is. But when you watch him, he's a winger that plays like a center. He's got decent size. He plays like a prick. He's very undisciplined sometimes. I think there were, like, three consecutive games last year where he took, like, these misconducts. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, like from behind, head first into the boards. And you're like, bro, what are you doing? But when he's on and he's, like, being smart, he loves to have the puck. He is unbelievably skilled. He's one of those guys that's like, you can stick handle in a phone booth. Like, uh, but it's like a scene from uh, The Walking Dead where there's just like, <laughs> like people like just meat on a bone, like trying to break it. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. So he's just, and he just doesn't give the puck up. And he also has added this shot this year, which, I tweeted the slow motion video of him sniping against UMass the other day where he had three goals and an assist four point game versus UMass keep the change. And he just added the shot and it's like, Oh, they like, there's a player here that in the right situation, I think could be a very impactful NHL guy. It's either going to be that, or he never plays a game. She's one of those, I think, but like the progression year after year has just been so intriguing to watch. And right now he's just on a heater. I think he's got like 10 points in his, for BC, by the way, who's now like not winning a ton of games other than those two against UMass where he lit it up. Um, but he's got like 10 points his last seven games and like highlight, not tap-ins, like highlight real goals. And there were, the one game I went to this year, he fucking killed somebody at center ice. And then that was the game where it was BU or no, it was Northeastern, and they were there was a fight after the game, and there's I tweeted the video. Marshall Wards is like desperately trying to hold Nesterenko back, and he's like punching Ward in the face to go like fight someone like a lunatic. So he's like a little bit of a psycho too, and again can be very undisciplined. But he's playing unbelievable hockey right now. I think he's second or third on the team in points, right behind Gauthier, and like scoring big goals and highlight real goals. Um, so he's, I wanted to talk about him just because he's playing so well right now. So I think it's a junior. So he's got one more year playing college. I'll be curious to see if he stays 
and they want to keep him, or if he keeps playing like this, if that's an intriguing, like it would be not like a, like a prospect centerpiece in the big deal or whatever, but like, well, Hey, sweet. we won't, we won't give you like a Carson Lambos, but how about a Ryan O'Rourke slash Damon Hunt plus Nestoranko? Sure. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of a buffalo hit. We can't give you this guy, but if you take him, we'll add in a guy like Nestoranko or Warren, same thing. So I mean, talk Warren to me though. Like who, like who do you see being more valuable in that type of uh, sweetener? Assuming that position is irrelevant. I mean, well, that's the thing. I probably Warren. He gives you a full package on defense again. Just such a smooth skater, really smart, and just like a good, he's a leader, good dude. Like really, really good kid too. But uh, the points haven't been there as much this year. But I mean, he's their captain for a reason, and. Every once in a while, he makes some plays where you're like, holy shit, how the fuck did he do that? He's wearing a sick goal the other day, too. Um, but he just does everything. Like He's one of those jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none types. But I know last year I saw a massive jump just in the defensive game where to the point where, like, you know, Pronman will do his re- redraft or whatever, he jumped, like, 100 spots. Sure. So like, I think he ended up in his second or third round. He's like, no, he, he's an NHL player. Like Nesterenko is still an unknown just because first he's a forward sure. where, hey, if you can score a ton, but you can't you know, do some of the little things at the NHL level, you're never going to play. Maybe he'll go be an AHL guy. Warren, I think he'll play games. So, and I think so, it could be a penalty killing with decent offense, really good skater, puck moving. Um, again, he plays like a really just a well-rounded game. So I think he's a guy that definitely plays games in the NHL. I just, again, we were talking about Minnesota where your left side right now is locked up for a couple of years. You've got on the left side, you got Lambos, Peart, O'Rourke, Hunt, like the list goes on and on. So I wonder if he sees the writing on the wall there. And if other teams are like, Hey, what are you thinking about Marshall Warren? Well, I'd go. Through- I guess he's not going to get. He's not going to get McBain return though. I just like to throw that out there for everyone. No. Like he's not getting a second. But so Z, hear me out here though. Is Marshall Warren good enough that you think, hey, why not give up one of my guys that's sitting somewhere between like three and six right now? Because I know that Warren can slot up in there, and I really haven't lost as much. But I'm going to get more value back by trading one of those guys. Like, is he good enough that you're like, I'm okay trading the other guys to get more value or is it still well, who's like, the guy oh, like who's the other guy i guess you tell me like let, let's all right uh prospect defenseman give me your rankings go in order i'm assuming you got favor at one favor one lambos two okay And go all the way until you hit Warren. Sure. So the thing is, I don't know. I think you have a really good thing right now where you've got the luxury of time with guys like, hey, let's see, let's just let Hunt, O'Rourke, Faber, or uh, whatever, Faber, he like all of these guys. I just think in terms of pure ceiling, I that's why Warren's down where he's at. Like that, that's why he's not up there. So like I think you still are not really like you look at a guy like Jake Middleton, right? What's he drafted in the seventh round? Yeah. He, and he's, he's doing the Mark Giordano, man. Waited until he was 25 to break into the league and we'll see where he literally goes. Literally became a full time NHL at 25. And now he's like, oh shit. Like, so I think right now, like, I don't, we know 
the player profile for a lot of these prospects. But like, hey, this is what we think we have right now. But we've seen it, and especially with defensemen too. We don't really know. All right, well, how much development is there still? So like, you know, we don't even, we still, like again, we have the profile of guys like Han O'Rourke. We know like the type of player that were, that they drafted, what they are right now. So I just don't see, you know, with a guy like Marshall Warren, I think he does everything well. And I think he could be like, I think his ceiling would be like a regular NHLer, like a, he can give you a little bit of everything, like not at an elite level, not like, like he's never going to be a guy that's making like, he's never going to like sign like a five by five. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. But I guess, I mean, my angle here Z, is more like we've got a really deep pool when it comes to defensemen, right? There's no way that they're all going to play for this team that, that right. the match just doesn't work can't. out. So because Literally. you have a guy like him that's lingering and like, Hey, maybe he's a call up. Maybe he ends up being a really sturdy third pair guy. And like, five years are you like more open to trading an o'rourke knowing that you got a bunch of other guys that you know and again i threw out o'rourke randomly but you didn't give me your rankings so that's what i'm going yeah, no i couldn't uh well i mean i so the thing i think like the guys like o'rourke hunt they would get you the biggest return while not being like the biggest hit to your prospect pool in the world so in that sense yeah that makes sense you know, like, I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, Brodeen's locked up. Cause you're looking at it both Even ways, right? Up, yeah. It's either, it's either like you get rid of Warren and get very little back, or you say, Hey, he's good enough to fill in and we can get more for O'Rourke. And like, there's no way that we're going to have all these guys play. So why not get a little extra bang for whatever yeah. trade we're coming up with? I don't know. Right. It was, a no, it makes here. sense. Yeah, or they fucking keep all of them. Who the fuck knows? Right. <laughs> the fuck? Like, or they play broker for the next it's 10 years. Billy G's a loose cannon, dude. Spurgeon might be traded before the deadline. You never know. I still can't believe people ever have have ever been like, we got to fuck it. This guy, Spurgeon, sucks. Last year it was when... Yeah, that's all he is? Oh, my... F- yeah, true, I didn't even... You know, <laughs> when you put it that way, Dude, he is terrible. I legitimately just had that exact conversation with someone, not about uh, Spurgeon, but like I posted something. Uh, God, it was about that whole Addison thing with Dean, right? Yeah. Well, he's like, 5'11". So, well, no, dude, 5'10". but someone, no, no, no. Someone replies, uh, how do you know it's not Garen? Like, because I said, like, oh, Dean's just like obsessed with Hayden But no, no. So my response was because Garen's smart and someone replied, like, what's your proof? And I replied to him, like, you know what? Good point. Bill Guerin hasn't done shit for this team. Thank you for pointing that out. Like, <laughs> you fucking donkey dipshit. Uh, I like some of these fuckers. Like, like they just uh, want to be upset. Like, they, they stroke I off know. being angry. It's so crazy, too. Like, I remember before I really got into like when i was pretty much just doing like when i was covering or not covering i mean just following like wild prospects they were always like one b for me with the bruins so like i guess somewhat more cat like i wasn't as involved with whatever like the fan base was so funny because they're like yeah we're fucking boring as shit i don't know but like every if you said about like the islander fan base like you mother like fuck you 
But the wild was like, yeah, I don't know, bro. Yeah, that's true. And then all of a sudden, like they get it was like last two years when they played really well. Now it's just so sensitive all the time. They're like, oh well, fuck it. Everyone's stupid. Dude, I'm mad about everything. They should be winning every Stanley Cup off freeze off year. Dude, a, a week ago, a week ago. I mean, we, we could like, say it's about nine sellers, episodes. Gotta be sellers. 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 Has to happen. Gotta yeah. sell. Gotta sell. I love that. It's and, gotta be one or the other, right? But now, but now there's been like a couple games in a row where they've won, and like Gus is <laughs> all of like, us. Why started. aren't you trading for Kane? Why didn't you keep <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly? Why would you trade him along? Like, guys, yeah. you, you can't like flip that quickly because you see <laughs> one or two good games. Like, fuck. And I will say too, my whole thing is like, I always just laugh. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, when I see that shit. At the same time, however you want to be a fan, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> Like, I don't care. Yeah. Do your thing. But just, like, leave me alone. Like, leave me out of it. Dude, the fuck? I tweeted the video of Prime P.K. Subban yesterday. And I have some of the most vicious replies at me. And I'm like, oh, I, what? This was 2014. All I said was Prime P.K. Subban was absolutely wild. And I just tweeted a really sick assist. And someone goes, fuck you. <laughs> like, yo, What? Was it Brad Marchand? <laughs> Probably. I was like, wait, fuck you. What the f-? Dude, P- I sw- people on this fucking app, I, it is some, like some of the shit that they just That's take so They get so mad about, uh, whatever. Again, but all that to say, be a fan of the fuck you want to be a fan. Just leave me yeah. out of it. Like, I, just don't tell me. Don't tell me. Like, I don't care. Yeah. We can All right, let's, let's 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 round out the college then cuz I know there's not a ton to really get into like we know what both Peart and Faber have been this year. Faber hurt, but it sounds like he'll be back in time for whenever the Wild might call Thank upon him. He God. could even be back as early as this weekend against Ohio State, but uh Peart I'm a little bit more interested in. I know we just tried to do the thought experiment and we made it to 2 in the depth chart for where we rank the defensemen. I don't care where you stack him right now. As far as ceilings go, where do you stack him with the Minnesota Wild defenseman? Like, if all of them pan out, best case scenario for who they are, like, is is Peart higher or lower? Top half, bottom half of like our top. Oh, he's top half. Defenseman. Okay. Oh, he's top half. Like, it's so, so interesting. It's him, Lambo, like, someone else. No, no, no. I, like, I look at him. Like, I think Lam- like Lambo's ceiling is so Fact. high. Yep. But his floor is, is uh, I think it's low. Like I told, I've said this before on here. Like his floor is not making the Canadian World Junior Team. <laughs> yeah, we, th- we're there. <laughs> By the way, he he's playing fucking unreal hockey right now too. Some of the fucking shifts, it. I, it's he's playing really well. Um, the thing, like Lambos, his like ceiling is like a legit. I still think he's like just a solid second pair, two hundred foot guy with high offense. Like when he's got like a power play animal. Like watching that kid dance on the blue line is so it gets sick. Like he literally does this. And I, I God damn always, you, Zeke, because now everyone is gonna hit me up, be like, "Hey, so you just said the Lambos can be the power play animal." And uh, by Addison, like, fuck you. Yeah, no, I take it back. He sucks actually. Uh, just for you, bro. If no, Isha was, uh, if yeah. Isha was uh, joining me, I would have. Yeah. Well, you'd have uh, to no, stroke him off even harder because he plays in the dub. So. Well, no, he would have been talking about Vancouver. Um, but. Like so, like Lambos. I think if they both hit their ceilings, I think Lambo. Like it's, yeah, probably not that close. Peart, his so Peart's game, got a better floor then, huh? 
Oh, yeah. I think so. Just because, well, God, it's so tough, too, because defensively, he's okay. Lambo's solid. Like, I think Lambo's can defend really what, like, it's just he's so, sometimes he can be so fucking inconsistent and, like, wild. Like, I also just probably have more faith in Lambos being able to be coached up to be the guy, like to be the player that he can be. Like there are games where he's just super reliant on defending just with a stick or there's games where like, and again, he defends really well. Like his play, his stick play, like defensively is solid, like poke check, whatever. Um, like, but there's games where he's like super reliant on that. Or there's games where like, he will literally just get all fired up and just leave the defensive zone to go try to hit some, like a defenseman who has the puck at the blue line. Like, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, he hit me four games ago, so I have to, you know, get him back. He's like, he'll chase hits, like, which isn't like he's a young kid. So whatever. But again, my whole point in all this is like, there are games where you can just be like super inconsistent and, bit of a loose cannon just with like positioning or over reliance on something like that. But yeah. um what's but, what's your take on Peart for like is he coming to Iowa next year? Is he gonna play another year in college? I, I mean I would imagine they try to sign him just to not let him go another year just because I mean they see what happens. I mean I think they were fine with being like you want a second for McBain? Sure. Like <laughs> no problem. Uh I would imagine they would try to sign him. He's playing so well this year on a St. Cloud team that is nasty. Like well, he's the guy. He's the guy. And he's I mean, he's playing like 25, 26 minutes a night. Um yeah. the defensive game has been significantly better than it was last year. Last year it was just downright bad. Like I said this almost every week. I was like, if he takes one more minor fucking penalty for tripping, hooking, like slap, like I will lose my mind this year. Clearly different. Cause he's such a good skater. So it just didn't make sense. I was like, how are you getting beat that bad? And he's never going to be like a shutdown guy, but he's so good in transition. And again, this year he's been so much more patient offensively. Like I said before, like last year, every time he was on the power player, every time they were in the offensive zone, he was just trying to do like the indirect passes off the wall, like bank passes. Mm-hmm. It honestly worked like for like 40% of the time, but it was like, that will literally never work in the NHL ever at all. Nothing. There was like zero high danger chance, like creation, nothing like that. This year is clearly different. Like he'll hold on to the puck and he will find, like he'll create lanes again. He's such a good goddamn skater. Like, this year, I've just seen him use it more. I think he's a lot more confident, too. And again, with him uh, transition zone exits, whether it's him skating or, like, his stretch passes are tape to tape, like, flat and dangerous. Like, he will – like he, I think he's probably sprung in 15 people on breakaways this year just from, like, behind his own net. And, like, he's a guy that when he's going to retrieve that puck, he knows. Like, he knows where everyone is. So – this year, I think he's been just like last year again. I was harping on him just because like the little shit was driving me nuts. But he like, I mean, he still put up what twenty points last year as a true freshman, which is really on a fucking top ten team. Like that's not playing on their top power play, by the way. Like that's solid. 
Well, this they're not year, a team that's like stereotypically not playing ooh. freshmen, right? Right. Ever. Like no 18 year old. They're like half their fucking team's 22. Like, um, so that was like impressive. It was just the little things that drive me nuts. Yeah. But, for sure. um, this year, I think he's taken a massive step and he's every, fa- every facet of the game. They're what, what are they now? Like top the other day, they were like three. Uh, it depends. We what go now? Wise, I think they're at five or six. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Cause they, they just swept fucking Nodak. <laughs> like, Nodak's been whatever. doesn't mean what it used to mean, but yes, <laughs> I know it's still, I'm like, Holy shit. Like they kind of kicked the shit out of them. Like, um, Actually, North Dakota last year was one of the games leading up to the World Juniors that he just caught fire. There was one game they beat him like 7-2 and he had like five points. <laughs> he was sick. Um, but I think he's shown just a little bit more of a well-rounded game this year. And I think he's kind of just evolved a little bit. And I think it's been a solid year. So I think Pert's been really, really, really good. So I'd imagine they try to sign him and sure. continue what he's doing, hopefully in Iowa next year or whatever. But I think they would like to do that instead of letting him sit and think about it more look at the pool and be like could i go somewhere else maybe up to three years in college because i think i mean realistically it's not a bad idea to pull him out now or after this year yeah fair enough take his note like keep playing with better against better players whatever though yeah so i mean that that pretty much rounds out what we wanted to talk uh, about for the college kids then yeah mm-hmm. anything we missed yeah. sick Let's move on to the next installment then of 2023 draft prospects. We have all name team leader, like <laughs> the competition might as well be named after him. We have another Swede here for everything that's being covered in smart scouting smart. Thank you. I'm being nice this time. Um, we got our boy Axel Sandine Pelica. What a fucking name. He is solid too so um we can do like general player profile here right shot defenseman i think he's like five foot ten maybe five foot eleven so okay so i quote unquote undersize you have to say it um but uh fairly stocky like 185 pounds i think he's 511 like 185 whatever um He'll be a guy that's challenging to be the first defenseman off the board. I think it's between guys like him, Reinbacher, that kid, the, uh, was he Austrian? Yeah. Is he? Well, then, good day, mate. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, <laughs> that really just that stopped me in my tracks there. <laughs> uh, but it's between guys like him, Reinbacher, uh, and this Dmitry Simashev kid in russia unreal um it can't be Bulyaya, even though he is lighting up now too in russia he, he's literally all offense i think i said this a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. um so he's challenging with those guys to be the first defenseman off the board um he's unbelievable like such a fun player to watch i think right now he's a, so he's recently went back down to the j20 after fully graduating into the SHL team on Sheleftia, one of the best teams in the SHL. Uh, started off, like any of them do, playing just a couple minutes every night, not really playing the power play, whatever. Uh, eventually, they were like, we have to play him a lot now. Uh, and he was doing like 14, 15, which 60 minutes a night, uh, quarterback in the power play, which is really fucking hard to do uh, as a draft-eligible 
playing in probably the third best league in the world. Um, so he just recently went back down to the J20s. I think he's played one game since the World Juniors. Um, but he's at like 1.78, something like that, points per game playing in Swedish World Junior, like uh, J20, so like the U20s, as a defenseman. And he, like, he's setting records. Like, he's he's putting up more points than, like, Ogren did last year at the J20 as a fucking defenseman. So, um, the thing with him, too, is he actually, yes, he's undersized. Yes, the, his biggest strength is, like, the offensive side where uh, the vision, the playmaking, whatever, like, that's obviously, like, his strongest asset. Defensively, though, he's one of those guys that a lot of times those – uh, quote unquote undersized. I have to say it every time, um, guys who are all you know put up good offensive numbers. The way that they're effective defensively is just rush defense, and he is very good because he is so his hockey IQ is unbelievably high. Like uh, one of those guys that's able to just read where the play is going, whatever. But again, rush defense, he's killing plays, and he is physical too. Like he crushes guys. Um, the thing with him that when he went back up or when he went up to the SHL that he really had to adjust was like, he could like get killed on the four check. And I thought he had a lot of trouble under pressure there, but that also took a big step as he went on to where, you know, he was doing the, the things I talk about masters doing where he is beating everyone that tries to four check him. So like he not only went to the SHL, but he had weaknesses in his game that he worked out there and he brought back, to the world juniors where he was probably Sweden's best defenseman, which again, it's hard as a fucking draft eligible to make that team or any world junior team. And by the end of the tournament, he's leading them in ice time. He's realistically, again, their best defenseman on that fucking team. He's quarterback in their power play. Um, so he's such an interesting player. Like I think his ceiling is just so high. And he, again, he's not a guy that's all offense. Like a guy like Mikhail Guyayev, the Russian kid who it was him and Cameron Allen, who's, probably not gonna go the first round this year you know coming into this draft they were the top two defensemen uh literally may as well not take a single stride in his own end he is literally a forward that plays defense like it's so different so like palika though he plays a decent enough 200 foot game where you're not just like oh he's a power play merchant like he's not one of those guys um and again watching him in transition is so fun like he's just a really fun player like the mobility the vision the hockey iq and again like yes he's 511 but he throws big boy hits like in the shl too so i just think he gives you a ton of offense first of all but he gives you enough of a well-rounded game that you know he will be challenging for first of all top 10 this year and he will be challenging to be the first defenseman off the board i think it'll still be reibacher but Kalika's is right there like his offense is just through the roof. Um, and again, the skating's just unbelievable. And he can pound pucks too. Like he's putting up like they were, this was um, the kid that got drafted high by New York. Oh, Lundqvist. Like he, that was a kid that similar kind of type profile um, where he went to the SHL. He's like, oh shit, he's producing, producing. So that's why he got drafted where he did. But, I think Palika gives you more of a well-rounded game too. So um, similar-ish profile to the Lunkfist who went from New York to Dallas this year. 
um, playing again, somewhat of a similar role when he's going to play in the SHL, but um, he's, he might be my second or third favorite player of this draft. And I, I, I love this kid. Ooh. That's big. I got to pull it up. I got to see. Like at one point this year, I think it was like 10 or 11 games <laughs> into the season in the J20, the U20 in Sweden. He had like 11 goals and 15 assists. And it was just like, it was torching. Yeah, he's got, right now he's got 15 goals and 14 assists in 23 games. <laughs> Fucking J20. This is like it's a joke. Like it's so funny. He scored four goals. Uh, it was them in the second place team a while ago. And it was like a showdown of guys that were challenged for the first round. And Palika was just like, "No, nah, I got it." And he like like he'll take over games playing at the U twenty level. Um, and he the he just played the four nations or whatever, and lit it up. Like him and Lindstein played together, and they were just torching teams. So. I'm a I'm a big big Palika fan, and again he's gonna be challenging for top ten, challenging for the first defense one off the board in 2023. Love it, beautiful. There you go. All right, we Class did it. The thing's done. We didn't keep it under an hour though. Fuck. Ah, we're close enough. Now we spent too much time talking Plus, about. I mean, there was like 30, 30 seconds dead time in there, so like. True. My my uh, I did. Bad. My hands failed on me. And I did a uh, right shift or right click back. Just just left the podcast briefly. And at one point I went like, oh, fuck me. And I went to go re-enter the studio and it was like internet connection down. I was like, Are you fucking kidding? I just like said bye. And then that was it. What if I just didn't come back? I'm not sure how Who long cares? I would have waited before making that move. <laughs> three people are listening right now. They'll be like, all right, yeah, whatever, dude. No one cares. See ya. Well, we thank just you about Brad Marshawn tweeting, wah. I don't know. I feel like no matter who you are, as long as what Brad Marshand did wasn't directly targeting you, you enjoy it. You're, hmm. You hate the on-ice antics. No one dislikes what he does on social media except for his victims. Well... The guy that he tweeted, I got plenty of commas pigeon. Love that guy because he was like, oh, this is the best. And he thought it was really funny. So I'm a big fan of that guy. You know, take if if you say something that Brad Marchand's willing to chirp and he does chirp you and like it's funny, you should be honored. I would like any any, I'd be like, that'd be so funny. I tweeted, I was begging him to make fun of me and he wouldn't do it. So, oh, yeah, because he knows you want it. Yeah, you gotta I, gotta play play cool. I gotta play harder to get, bro. Like Koi, bro. Mm, yeah, no, be cool. I can't do that. Fucking Jesus Christ. Fuck. Well, all, all three of you, um, thanks for sticking along this long. Shout out Loose Line God Brewing. Bless. Got me through this whole thing, whole crawler because of how mm. goddamn long we talked. I'm about to try. Uh, yep. oh. Shout out Treehouse. Dude. Nope. They're not a sponsor, though. Are they I'm a rival? So I don't care. No. <laughs> I'm trying this one. Uh, no one in Minnesota would be mad about Treehouse. <laughs> Look at this thing. Uh, what? That is... I can't remember what it's called. It's got numbers in it. Isha's going to like hear me talking right now and saying his name, and he's going to come back and look at the can art and piss himself. Double IPA? That's not the name of it. I can't how, find the name. I, I mean, can't... how cool would it be if that was the name? Should we extend this podcast by 20 minutes as I go and Google search for this? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. It's something 128, though. 
I think it might Mine's not be. Mine's called the Gitchy Gammy Hazy IPA. Oh, whoa. All right, I'm going to take a Ew. sip of this. Let's see, let's see what we got. How well does it complement your tin? Fake dip. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's real good. Oh, shit. You're not supposed to drink it when you're pregnant, though. I'm fucked. That's real good. Wow. You know how, like, the IPA, you get, like, you're just, like, waiting for the bite to hit you? There's a little bit of uh, fruitiness or sweetness that comes in and eliminates the, uh, the bite or the bitterness. I'm always a big fan of that. So it didn't hurt my tongue. Big fan of that. Wow, that's real good. I think. All right, we found your gateway brewery. Getting you off the BLs. There were so many dogs at this brewery, too. I was buzzing, <laughs> dude. I was buzzing. And for anyone that follows me on Twitter, my goddamn... Co- I, ha- I forgot to tweet this out. My cousin sent me videos and pictures. He was at the Cincinnati Zoo and he played... or Well, I guess he didn't play, but he was hanging out with Fritz the Hippo. No. Who was in absolute electric factory on twitter he's if you don't follow the cincinnati zoo specifically for fritz content do it and you will be out of the depression that you're probably in on twitter um for the next six months you can only follow fritz content or marshan clapbacks which one are you picking fritz just for the consistency yeah the consistency matters but when Marshawn does log on, like it's like, nope. oh my God. But six you know? months, like you're, you can't see it. You never get to go back and look at it. It just never happened for you. Yeah, no, I got to go Fritz, dude. He's just yeah. consistent. He's unlike me in the content game. He's consistent. He gives the people what they want on a daily basis when he's supposed to. And this guy is just buzzing all the time. He is absolutely electric. So my cousin went and fucking visited him. I'm still jealous. I like, I might block my cousin. And that's the podcast. Thanks for tuning in.